Welcome to Allendale Market Talk Podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. And Mike, we've got uh, kind of a, a lull this week, but that doesn't mean that we're missing any uh, any excitement in the markets. Um, as we started uh, started this week, we saw a nice bounce uh, to uh, to kick things off. Sunday night trade was uh, was exciting. Uh, we bounced up uh, what uh, 10, 11 cents in the corn. We were up about seven seven cents higher in the uh, in the in the seven cents higher in the corn, 11 cents higher in the beans, and then we uh, we backed off as the day uh, went along. So let's talk about some of these things because there's a few things uh, that are in the works that look good for us. And there's also obviously always the downside uh, concerns as well. But let's talk specifically about the energy market and what's going on in there and why that uh, lends uh, some support to uh, to the corn and the beans. Yeah, so as of right now, you got this nice bull market that's happening in energies as well as, well, the rest of commodities with everything we've seen out of the corn, beans, wheat. Uh, and the reason we should be watching this energy market to really get a good idea about whether or not this row crop situation should continue in an upwards basis is because the energy market especially with corn tied into ethanol and ethanol tied into uh gasoline is how it interacted in 2008 and how really the last move for the corn especially was directly tied to this energy market so you're looking at crude well off of its lows for the contract well above where we started the year and just continuing to climb with some great enthusiasm and with a lot of these larger uh, research analysts, banks, investment banks, things along those lines, continuing to pump bullish uh, perspectives into this market and getting everyone real excited about the upward potential or if you're looking at it from a end user standpoint, not as excited about the end potential of where this crude market can go. Mm. Well, the the big thing to remember too is, you know, obviously when it comes to uh, to the soybeans as well, you've got bean oil and and biodiesel that uh, uh, play into the whole um, heating oil or, or diesel uh, uh, conundrum there. So you do have. The potential that as the uh, as the energies go, you will see the beans follow as well, and that's something that we've you know we've as we look at these charts, corn seems to still have a little bit of uh, a little bit of upward momentum, even though it looks like we've gone sideways for the last uh, few sessions, um, and that's that's been the case for the beans here is is we've gone sideways now for I think uh, what uh, two to three weeks, and we're starting to form these these wedges on the uh, on the chart that uh, uh at the at the upper end if we break out they they do show the potential for much higher price uh uh beans and possibly corn mhm yeah you have what most people would be looking at for pattern trading call it technical analysis if you want but really pattern trading is these potential wedge formations that we've been well confined in for beans uh the sideways movement here in corn but it has had an upward bias here the last really about week and a half after we came off from those uh contract highs so far and watching for that breakout move especially 
like you said, in the beans and trying to see a breakout of the wedge formation that has taken place so far, or at least what is thought to have taken uh, part so far. We'll have to see if there is a breakout or just a move through the apex of the move. Right. And there are going to be some other things as, as we uh, um, we continue to monitor the dollar. Obviously, that has an influence on uh, on commodities. You know, wheat is very, uh, very sensitive to what the dollar is doing. And we see there is a, uh, a technical setup for uh, some bearishness in the dollar, which could uh, give some more life uh, to the upside for these uh, for these grains. Correct. Definitely. Yeah. And we went over in our conference, uh, these, this wheat seems to be overvalued if you're looking at it from a purely fundamental standpoint. And very much so the reason could be because of this dollar continuing to move lower. You got the potential for a head and shoulders top on that dollar index that projects you down below that 90 uh, point mark and really getting a like you said, nice bullish lean with the potential of that inflationary talk coming back in the mix, us being more competitive on the world stage with the dollar dropping, uh, with the overall world picture tightening up a bit actually for the wheat and seeing all those combine into the current scenario we're watching, which is uh, wheat back above that 650 level and marching towards uh, 670 to see if we can see some of these breakout type of moves. Mm. And we, uh, you know, I, I think you had uh, talked about it uh, with our uh, with our team uh, here recently is there are a few things uh, in the uh, economic news um, as far as meetings or uh, test, uh, testimony in front of uh, uh, Congress that could uh, potentially uh, also lay the ground for some uh, uh, upside uh, in in commodities as well. Correct. Yeah, you have everyone eyeballing Powell and what he will say in front of the Senate, whether or not it's going to lead to a more inflationary talk within trades mindset and what that could very well mean for commodities. Because as we talk more and more about inflation, people move from what they can theoretically see on a screen, like stocks and whatnot, and move it over to something they can drop on their foot and they know it's going to hurt. Mm hmm well, and we know that the you know the 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 stock market is not not, not necessarily an indicator of a uh, of a strong or healthy economy. Uh, as we continue to see, um, I, I mean, we the unemployment or, or uh, jobless claims uh, continues to uh, uh, to be uh, greater than uh, than expected. Um, we are not showing necessarily that we're recovering this economy uh, as quickly as what. Uh, uh, they were initially were proposing last uh, last spring and last summer, where they were looking for that V-shaped recovery. Um, that could uh, that could lead to the inflation uh, uh, argument that we've talked about. Plus, the the U.S. has done all sorts of things uh, over the last year, uh, and as well as the the rest of the world has um, to kind of just inject money into the into the economy. To keep everybody afloat, whether it's uh, businesses or just regular citizens, so there is definitely um, thoughts that that uh, uh, that dollar could uh, could continue to weaken, could uh, lead to uh, to more inflationary uh, inflationary buying. Um, I don't know. Did I see correctly that was it just Powell that was speaking in, uh, or was uh, going to testify in front of Congress, or was uh, uh, Treasury Secretary? Uh, uh, Yellen going to as well. I don't think she is in front of Congress, but she has been talking um, 
in in general. I, I think mm -hmm. Powell will be the only one talking in front of Congress, though, if I have that correct. We'll okay. definitely have to check check into that. Um, but as of right now, that's where my answer will lie. Okay. Well, and as as we uh, as we we uh, move forward to the to the next thing here is, you know, we've come off of uh, last week where uh, China was on their lunar holiday and uh, export sales were were relatively quiet, especially you know the 8 a.m. Uh, uh, announcements were were none. Um, it, there was some rumors, there were some thoughts that. Uh, uh, China had uh, come in and purchased some uh, late last week, but we haven't gotten a confirmation of that. Um, any indication of uh, of what they were looking at? Was it corn? Was it beans or, or wheat? There was talk about them looking at corn, but another thing to keep in mind is we very well could still see those sales come tomorrow. Uh, if they're past the cutoff, I want to say it's 3 o'clock, maybe 3.30, that is something that can be backed up to the next report uh, time frame, or even if it is like we've seen in the past, something that is a private company, they can wait a while before reporting that sale. Right, right up until about uh, the time that they actually are, or shipping that, I believe is the way that uh, Costco uh, runs the, uh, runs or Sino Grain runs their their stuff. So um, that is something to. Uh, uh, to watch for as well. Um, as we uh, as we move forward, the other thing to uh, to to be talking about, and this is something that'll be uh, have to be watched uh, pretty closely, is the uh, the export inspections. And normally we don't really care. We don't pay attention to uh, the actual shipments of grain. But in a year like we've seen in in 2020, and then the start of 2021, where corn sales have been so robust that we are a little bit concerned that we might not be able to meet the actual demands or the logistics of getting all of that corn shipped uh, before the end of the marketing year. Um, and today's today's report, today's export inspections report, uh, kind of goes along with that. We need to, talking to Rich, we need to uh, move about 62 million bushels of corn per week. This week was around 45 to 48. Last week was 55. The previous week was 62. So only one time in the last three weeks have we actually met the uh, the needed uh, shipments to to be able to meet that goal that we have for uh, the USDA or that the USDA has for uh, for corn uh, exports. Yeah, and that could be something that uh, as we progress through this year, we could definitely say we'll maybe become an issue but what we should also be paying attention to is this april may june time frame we do see a pickup in that five-year average of shipments so we are falling back a little bit right now on that potential and uh getting kind of nervous about whether or not we can ship that out but the real nervousness will if we can't we'll probably uh come around about mid to late may and give us a better idea seasonally whether or not we are going to be meeting those export shipments or if it's something we really have to be nervous about because as you have said that with corn beans on the other have other hand have seen a fairly good export pace and seasonally they do tend to slow down uh, as we get into that same time frame we talked about for corn so seeing that shift of all right we're shipping beans now okay we're now we're shipping corn out and uh catching back up to that pace 
Right. And the, the important thing to think about is, and to remember here is not necessarily that even if we can't ship that, uh, uh, that old crop corn, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that those sales will be canceled. They generally, if they can't be shipped by the end of the marketing year, they, they will be rolled into uh, the new crop marketing year and uh, go on uh, go on that list. And you know, obviously, if you don't ship it, it does jump back into the uh, into the ending stocks for uh, the old crop, uh, which then transfers in as uh, uh, beginning stocks for the new crop. So that'll be something to uh, to watch as we move forward. Um, the other thing. Uh, that uh, we continue to uh, to watch here over the next uh, the next few weeks is this strong seasonal that we've seen. You talked about 2008 and how we are kind of paralleling um, with the strength in the energies pulling, you know, giving a, a the last ride, so as to speak, about uh, uh, corn and and beans. And that could be something that uh, we have to watch for as we go into this end of end of February, beginning of March timeframe. In 2008, that's about the time when these markets really took a uh, took a back seat uh, and and fell off pretty hard. We went from uh, I think we we sold uh, sold off by about 80 some cents in uh, in corn. We sold off by three or four dollars in in soybeans that year, and then we did get uh, obviously we did rally back up uh, into the spring, uh, into and into the summer. But uh, it definitely uh, there is some potential uh, risk out there. It's not just, you know, okay, we've got the dollar lower, we've got the crude oil going higher, everything looks peachy keen. There is still a lot of risk in these markets. 100%. And if you're going into the next several months thinking that it just looks so bullish that nothing can ever come in here and ruin the situation, ruin the picture, and there's no way we could be bearish. Well, you obviously didn't pay too much attention to 2020. There's black swan event after black swan event, and there's always a potential for risk to the downside. So while it does look bullish, as you said, seasonals uh, tend to be a little bit more bearish as we enter the month of March and never count out how much a trade can correct, especially with a $6 rallying beans when you start to see the funds manage money, uh, larger positions start to say, you know what, I need to take some profit so I can potentially reposition later, or I just want to take some profit. And then seeing the frenzy that comes with trying to get not be the last person out. Right, very good. Well, and and another thing that we'll watch uh, as we uh, kind of wrap this uh, this episode up uh, is the uh, the new crop uh, numbers that we're going to see here soon. Uh, USDA just did their uh, Ag Outlook Forum and uh, kind of gave us an idea of what we can expect. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that these numbers are set in stone, um, but they're looking at uh, the possibility of 92, per, uh, 92 million acres of corn, 90 million acres of beans. Now that 90 million acres of beans is at the upper end of the range. 92 million acres of corn is at the lower end of the uh, the range of estimates that we've heard from uh, the industry. So. As you start to look at that, you're talking about 140, 150 million bushel ending stocks for uh, for soybeans, and the potential for 1.5 uh, 1.55 is what the uh, the USDA said. Now I know when we did our conference a, a few weeks ago, 
our number was somewhere in between say 90 and 200 million for uh for soybeans and we were actually 1.1.5 all the way up to the potential to see 2.1 billion carry out for corn and it's important to note that that is basically an an uh, an introductory number something that we see at the beginning of the year before we have any sort of weather issues or anything like that so uh, it'll be important as we as we continue to move forward um, that we are getting information from our clients and we have this big uh this big yield or this big acreage survey coming up uh, that starts uh, next week. Mike, why don't you tell the uh, tell the people how they can find that and how they can help us out? Yes, sir. So we are going to be starting up our Allendale acreage survey. We're going to be calling around, gathering information, uh, trying get as close to the USDA data collection as possible, so we can come out with some really good acreage numbers like we have typically done in the past within a very slim margin of error compared to the USDA's uh, actual numbers. Uh, so to fill out a acreage survey, either one call in 800-262-7538. You can go to our website, allendale-inc.com or call one of us uh, if you know our direct line and you are a customer of ours, call into your broker and get that filled out. But any of those ways is a great way to go about filling out an acreage survey. Again. 800-262-7538 or by the web allendale-inc.com. But today for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a great one.